This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. Get us at ApologiaRadio.com. The profanation of marriage is gaining legs within our culture with the same-sex marriage debate. This is church, a gospel issue. We have to be salt. We must be light on this issue of same-sex marriage. This is Joy Tembe with Apologia Radio. I urge you guys to pray for the homosexual community. Then log on to realharmony.org to equip yourselves with the resources we've provided. This is the ministry bearer. Here's the issue. The same-sex attracted community has a symbol that's universally recognized. It's an equal sign. You see it everywhere. Until now, the Christian community has not had a symbol that represents true, harmonious, biblical marriage. Go to realharmony.org and buy a sticker. The three bucks a piece. Get your church to buy them by the truckloads. Help us redeem the culture. And let me reiterate, this is not a political issue only. This is a gospel issue. Realharmony.org. I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. Use humanistic principles. Well, I would say the same idea. I would say that. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful Savior, and the gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. What's up, y'all? This is Apologia Radio. Random clip right at you. Apologia Radio coming at you from Phoenix, Arizona. Right here on... Let me make sure I can read this thing that's right in my face. 960... Nope, that's not it. We're at 1360. <laughs> <laughs> I got the wrong thing on my microphone here, Jeremy. You got to get that right. Do man. you really? Yeah. It's, the other, it's on the other flipped, side. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it's flipped. on the other side. Yeah. Well, yours is flipped. I see on yours yeah. is 960 The Patriot. Yeah, yours So, is. like, you know, 1360 KPXQ has Faith Talk, mm-hmm. baby. And then 960, The Patriot, is uh-huh. the other station, which I listen to all the time. Yeah. Good station. Good show. I always listen on the way in. That's right. Word up. And so this is Apologia Radio right here on 1360 KPXQ. Faith Talk, baby. <laughs> always a baby. <laughs> um, you can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. Get past episodes. ApologiaRadio.com. Uh, please go and check out our Facebook page. It is uh, on Facebook. That's <laughs> where it's it's located. Serious? Yeah, really. And uh, and you look up Apologia Radio, and you will find our wonderful, delicious page. And um, 
Uh, you can you can interact with us. You can get some uh, really cool content every day, stuff to share, stuff to like, and some good news stories that we think are worthy of your attention. Uh, get them over there at Apologia Radio. Want to announce to you guys something very very special? American Vision, the American Vision, is uh, the major sponsor of this show, and the American Vision has a special for all of our Apologia Radio listeners. And this is where you really want to kind of grab a hold of yourself and just get really excited because this is super cool. Uh, the American <laughs> Luke actually did. Uh, the American Vision, uh, one of my favorite ministries ever, is having a special for Apologia Radio listeners, and it is 40% off. 40% off. At their website, you can go to AmericanVision.com, AmericanVision.com to the store. They have phenomenal videos, uh, audio lectures, uh, books that are they'll blow your mind. And it is nuts to me that they're giving our listeners 40% off. And so here's what you do. You go to AmericanVision.com and you purchase your stuff, get it in the cart, and there's going to be a coupon uh, discount code box or something like that near the end. You're going to type in Apologia, that's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, Apologia, and you're going to get 40% off until December 31st? Yes, sir. December 31st. So from now until the end of the year, you can get 40% off all your purchases. Go check it out. If I can make a recommendation, um, let me recommend to you guys, go check out in light of even this show we're doing. Take a look at the book. It's... um, Presuppositional apologetics, uh, it's like defined, defended, and, and something. I don't know. But it's Greg Bonson's like missing book that was lost and then it was found behind something many, many hmm. years later. And the uh, Hokamora? Was, yeah, the Hokamora, golden plates. <laughs> That's a little Mormon joke for you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they found the book and, and, and published it, and it's a phenomenal work. I would encourage you guys to pick it up because to get a hardcover – I love hardcover books – but to get a hardcover book and it's 40% off, it's just an amazing discount. So I would encourage you guys to go pick it up. Apologia as a discount code. Check it out. And I'm going to introduce you to our wonderful guests uh, – not guests, hosts. I'm not saying any guests. Hosts. It's your home. That's right. You live we here. We live here too. We live here too. Okay. We, we do. I'm only one of the hosts. Here's the other host. That's Joy the Girl. Hello. What's up, Joy? And that's the bear, Luke Pearson. What's up? So, anything you guys want to talk about before we just go blasting in today? Anything else? Anything interesting? Stories? Luke, you had a beard story? Because I have a comment I actually wanted to read. Not sure if you want to. Um, I don't have a beard story. I was telling Joy on the way in here, though, I'm really sore today. She's like, why? <laughs> I was like, you I was, have. I was concerned. She was concerned. I have that. I'm a girl. Like so my I have whole, that, like. Oh, but why? That, that caregiving instinct. Yes, which is good. Why, Luke? My whole body why? is like sore. <laughs> like, I woke up sore. And I'm like, what? You ever had one of those nights where you, like, just sleep hard? Like, yeah. you're like. I must have like literally been hibernating last night. Like no, I, I woke up and I'm like, why do I hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sore. And like my daughter woke up in the middle of the night and my wife's like shaking me to like wake me up. And I'm like, I didn't hear her. I didn't hear my daughter. I didn't hear nothing. All of a sudden she's shaking me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is the... <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? And then like I woke up and my eyes had like this... I felt like I was looking underwater. Like, I couldn't, like, adjust my eyes or anything. And I'm what like... What happened to you last night? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I'm abducted like, by aliens or something? I must have. Yeah, it was crazy. So, anyways. Uh, well, all right. I feel, I feel yeah. like I don't really, I'm 80 I don't, years old. When now. you ask me, like, do you have, like, deep sleep? Never. Not ever. Because yeah. my son, Turtle... Uh, we he we put him in his room all the time, but he always finds a way to get up and then sneak into our bed. And he knows now, like, not to wake me up because I'll go take him back into his room. But he sneaks into my bed, and I always end up at, like getting kicked all night. He has this thing where he likes to kick me, yeah, yeah, like not like 
touch me with his foot, but in his sleep, he literally kips, kicks me in the kidneys. He's like, wow, I wake up, I'm like, <coughs> gasping for air. So that's, those are my nights, typically. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really get much That's why you wake night. up sore. Yeah, that, it is. Honestly, it is. Yeah. So uh, we've had some very interesting uh, things happen, right, over the last week. No. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Um, huh? we, we, uh, I, I, I had an art article published oh, yeah, at thing. the American vision and it was called contra atheism, which means contra is, means against, uh, against atheism. Contrary. Uh, yeah, there you go. I actually uh, was hoping you would have called it super contra. Super contra. Best Nintendo game ever. Oh, that was good. Look at Jeremy in the back nodding his head. That was a phenomenal game, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was like impossible to beat though. Yeah. Mike Tyson's punch out was impossible to beat. Right? That was easier than Super C. Damn, I used to hate that. I spent hours. My thumbs were like blistered yeah. up because of that stupid Nintendo yeah. controller. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah, that controller hurt. Yeah, it did. It did. It's like, why would you put square edges on this? So speaking of ape meth. <laughs> uh, someone put, I wanted to say uh, someone put that on our page uh, you can interact with us on the page guys but on the yeah, page how do you segue into uh, yeah, Justin, that's a hard one I don't know if I'm saying his last name or Justin Jouse I think it is I'm so sorry dude if I butchered that it's, he's, he, all he says on the page is 8 meth is no joke <laughs> that's all he says because if you want to know what that's about we had a comment about um, uh, evolution and apes and banana heists and uh, crime syndicates uh, creating 8 meth uh, on the last episode. This is what we talk about here. Yeah. This is what we talk about. We know what's funny is we saw, we all saw that comment on Sunday and I was like, ape meth? Yeah. What is it? We like we momentarily say, forgot. Did we say something about ape meth? Yeah, it happened. I go back and listen to the show. I'm the one that said ape meth and I'm like, <laughs> who said that? It happened. Yeah. This is your brain. This is your brain on ape meth. <laughs> Apparently I had some ape meth. Yeah, I guess unless you woke up with it. Um, well, I wrote an article for um, the American Vision on atheism. It's called Contra Atheism. Um, don't coddle the elephant. Don't coddle the elephant. And the the yes, because there. Sorry, I'm hungry. Unbeknownst to <laughs> lots of people, is an elephant in the room. There is an elephant in the room. Why is there a dog in there? An he elephant? is. Or is that a lion? Or what's happening? Oh, oh, it's whoa. Ooh, that one's it. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. It's not I, there. I feel like I'm at Rainforest Cafe. Pretend it's not there, Joy. You know, this really brings your article to life. It does. Pretend yeah. pretend it's not this there. This is weird. All I see is eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> the shield. Uh, there's there's a shield on our microphone, guys. We can't really see each other's eyes, which is kind of bothering us because we, mm. we like the, the intimate connection with eye contact. And it's new and yeah. we're resistant to change. <laughs> That's so. right. <laughs> so anyway, um, did you see how hard that was to ignore the elephant just now? What elephant? It, what? <laughs> it's hard It's hard to ignore the elephant, isn't it? And uh, here's the thing. I wrote an article, article for the American Vision. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's, really, it's not really long at all. And it created a lot of controversy. There are still comments flowing after the article. It's at the American Vision. AmericanVision.org is their blog spot. Contra atheism. Don't coddle the elephant. It was difficult, wasn't it, to ignore that elephant? And you say, yes. And you say... What elephant? There you go. <laughs> it's there, and the the. And I'm gonna. If you guys stay tuned, I'm. Uh, what I did is I tried to res- I tried to give an apologetic, a gospel centered. Really important to, to to qualify that a gospel centered apologetic to how do we bring the gospel to atheists and what I titled the article was contra atheism. Don't coddle the elephant. 
Here's the key. They know that elephant is there. We know the elephant is there. But Christians have a tendency to to go along with them and ignore the elephant in the room, to pretend it's not there. We're coddling the elephant for the atheist. And the elephant in the room is the unjustified assumptions that the atheist is bringing to the discussion. That is, uh, assumptions that don't belong Uh, They do not comport with their atheistic assumptions and pre-beliefs. In other words, atheists and Christians never come to an argument with neutrality. There are no such things as simple brute facts for human beings. We always go about the business of interpretation. So what Christians typically do in an apologetic encounter, an evangelistic encounter with the atheist, is we tend, because of a bad apologetic, because of a bad philosophy, because of a bad world and life view, we tend to coddle the elephant. We tend to go along with the atheist and pretend that that elephant isn't there. And we even at times coddle the elephant, going along with the atheist, allowing him to have those assumptions, borrow them, while the elephant in the room, the unjustified assumptions that the atheist brings to the table as an image bearer, starts wrecking their house, philosophically speaking, morally speaking, um, rationally speaking. Uh, his worldview is in complete collapse because there is an elephant tromping around in his living room laying waste to his china cabinet cabinet table and television set you get the picture Mm -hmm. it's total destruction and so we posted this article uh on our facebook page we got some comments there but we got comments galore all over the internet we even had somebody that was refuted live on this show and then perpetually after that we ended up just finally saying you're you're done we've already answered you even commenting and, and saying some things we're, hey stay with us because you're gonna get to hear all of it um we are talking about don't coddle don't coddle. whoa whoa don't coddle the elephant don't coddle the elephant and you say what elephant? ApologiaRadio.com. Apologia Radio. We'll be right back. What's up, y'all? This is Apologia Radio. Get us at ApologiaRadio.com. Support the ministry of Apologia Church. ApologiaRadio.com. Click the Donate tab at the homepage. Also, our listeners can go to the American Vision. AmericanVision.com. Buy some materials. Excellent, excellent resources at the American Vision. AmericanVision.com. In the discount box, the coupon box, or whatever, you type in Apologia, and it's street good to credit. go. You're going to streetcredit.com, and you're going to get some great, great stuff, some good resources. 40% off for Apologia Radio listeners. Go check them out. Pick up Bonson's book. You can get Always Ready there. You can also get Presuppositional Apologetics by Greg Bonson. Wonderful, wonderful works. And... We're back. We're going to talk with Joy and Luke about contra-atheism. Don't coddle the elephant because there's an elephant in the room in discussion with 
atheists and the elephant in the room again is the unjustified assumptions that the atheist as an image bearer of god brings naturally to the discussion that christian apologists even well-known christian apologists are known to coddle coddle the elephant they allow the atheist to have the unjustified assumptions that only image bearers can have just uh, assumptions about morality, about good, about evil, about science, about uniformity in nature, about laws of logic and reason, philosophy, all these different things. Those don't belong there. They don't comport with atheism. But you'll have guys like um, even William Lane Craig, who in some respects, in some, in some shining moments, he will talk about those assumptions. So granted, it'll happen. Mm. But generally speaking, he falls back onto a God is more statistically probable kind yeah. of God or... He allows an atheist to talk about things like laws of physics and uh, to, to have those assumptions. And so my my uh, my encouragement to believers is is this: don't coddle the elephant. It's in the room. They know it's there. You know it's there. And how do I say? Well, how do they know it's there? I mean, you you're saying it's there. How do they know? My answer is coming from Scripture. Romans chapter one says mm-hmm. they know God. So they suppress the truth of God. So they really do know that it's there. Obviously, self deception is involved. Yeah. But uh, what do you guys have to say? I bet Joy would like to coddle an elephant. I know. I was going to say I would have to coddle it because it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have Not you guys ever seen a baby elephant? Uh, yeah, They're like Dumbo. Adorable. They are adorable. Yeah. You would have wrapped yourself up in Demo's ears. Oh, yeah, I would have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everybody get Daphne. Everybody get Daphne. All right. Sorry. Uh, Leave it yeah. to me to completely throw us off. Look, here's what I'm going to do. We have lots lots to do. Some great clips we guys want to encourage you guys to check out and memorize and know these things so that you can begin discussion with your atheist friends. Listen, not about just simple apologetics and defending your faith, but it is about bringing the gospel. And we don't communicate the gospel, the good news, effectively to an atheist if we allow them as image bearers of God that are fallen to uh, have the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. That's the whole goal here. It's not just to try to think of a sneaky tactic to argue with the atheist. So if you're an atheist, and I know we have lots of atheist listeners, yeah. if you're an atheist listening to the room, I want to just tell you transparent moment. Obviously, we're going to laugh and you know have fun. And, but, but listen, it's not laughing at you. It's talking about the foolishness of the worldview. We care for every atheist listening to this show. Now, you can, you can believe that or not. It is the honest-to-God truth. When we walk out of this room, that's what we're saying. That is the desire of our hearts is to lead you to Christ, to point you to Him. And I want to say to Christians who are listening, we're not getting anywhere with our atheist friends if we keep coddling the elephant, if we don't talk about those unjustified assumptions that are going on. So I'm going to go ahead and read the, uh, read the um, article to you in full so you'll know what we're talking about, and then we'll go into the clips as well, and we have Joy and Luke join me as well. Contra atheism, don't coddle the elephant at AmericanVision.org. Here's how it starts. It's one thing to have a messy house. It's quite another thing, grotesque actually, to allow an elephant into your home to make a splendid wreck of things. Atheists seem strangely comfortable allowing elephants into their living rooms to knock their lamps over. Unfortunately, Christians have a reputation of not mentioning the beast in the room and even coddling the mass of creatures because atheists have a reputation for biting the folks from animal control. Never you mind, don't coddle the elephant, it doesn't belong there. Our atheist friends want us to agree with them when they tell us the grand legend that our ancestors were, once upon a time, fish. They want us to be committed to the idea that the universe is not subject to any personal governance, that it is unguided, and that we are all the descendants of highly evolved societies of bacteria. Further, these products of time and chance, acting on matter, atheists, 
want us to devote ourselves to the notion that in a godless universe, there is no good and no evil, only blind and pitiless indifference. These bags of protoplasm are ferociously dogmatic and demand that other African apes stop their foolish commitments to the transcendent creator who made them in the Imago Dei and sustains the universe to come along with them and revel in their announcement that we are orcs. We live, we die, and we're gone. We're absolutely gone when we die. So it is written, so let it be. Thus, it is decreed that all bipedal bags of brutish matter adopt this system. Hear, hear! I think the elephant just knocked over their china cabinet. The word coming down from the god that they are warring against is clear. Yes, even orcs understand the language of this king. He says, Romans 1, 18-21, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Because of our enmity with the light, image bearers of God despise being men and long to be considered orcs in the strictest sense. However, the knowledge we have of the creator, the one and only, is inescapable. This knowledge of God is so unavoidable that the word from the king is, on the last day, no image bearer will stand before the court arguing that there wasn't enough light to wade through the darkness. The truth is, we love the darkness rather than the light, and our lives are a rehearsal and perpetual practice of stuffing down the manifest knowledge of him that we all have. This brings us to that gargantuan elephant tromping through the atheist kitchen. We cannot cease being what God has made us to be. Jumping into a lake and diving to the bottom while pretending to be a fish doesn't make you a fish. It means you're holding your breath. You'll come up for air, eventually. Atheists want to be orcs, but they won't live consistently with the tough stuff required of the orc life. They kiss their children. They are precious, aren't they? Attend the funerals of departed loved ones. Rage against injustice. Demand commitments to invisible laws of thought. A equals A, dummy. Decry the degradation of human value and dignity, assume and depend upon the uniformity of nature, and take to the theater to experience the awe of a symphony while their hearts pump their eyes into tears. The elephant in the room is the unjustified assumptions inherent in these things that simply do not comport with atheism. That beast isn't supposed to be there. And it's high time Christians started to point it out. They know it doesn't belong in there, and so do we. Our atheistic friends want us to pretend that it's normal. To have such a creature wreaking havoc in one's home, leaving such incomprehensible messes of their lives. Their houses are a wreck, and there's a reason for the wreck. The difficulty with elephants in your dining room is they are known to cause messes. It simply doesn't work. And frankly, it's just weird. Atheism is inconsistent and incoherent. Of course, this should be troublesome to image bearers. It shouldn't matter to matter, but it does, doesn't it? Surprisingly, it didn't go over 
Everyone so well. loved it and nobody said anything bad. <laughs> it didn't go over so well with our atheist friends. I mean, ferocious comments. So we want to talk about it. We got some great shows planned for you guys. We just got word from John Frame through a mm-hmm. voicemail that he wants to do a show with us. He's excited about it. And uh, John Frame. <laughs> I love John Frame. Um, and uh, he's going to be on. So we got some plans for the great shows. But we, we wanted to do this episode uh, and we discussed it. Um, let's talk about the, the comments that were made. Let's, talk, let's, let's give believers an opportunity to, to think through the implications of the article. And then even listen to the atheists in their own words that I quote from. By the way, um, atheists hate it. I, I gotta, they hate it when you do this. When you stop coddling the elephant... Mm. And you start touching it, putting their hand on it, saying, no, look at that. You need to pay it. No, it's there. The elephant's in your house. Look at your table. It's knocked over. Look at your china cabinet. All your stuff is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not working. I want to just warn you ahead of time. The atheist will squirm and squeal to high heaven when you do this. And they will do everything in their power in the argument to stop you from doing it. Let me suggest to you that when you stop coddling the elephants and you make them pay attention to it, and you pay attention to it, I want you to know that atheists have no, uh, no coherent response. They will, they will resort to name-calling, right? Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's what happened, and, yes. and just compure nastiness. There, are, there aren't responses, but I, I forewarn you, they will do everything to stop you from talking about the elephant. Mm-hmm. Everything. Except it, rational yeah. thought. <laughs> Except acknowledge <laughs> Consistency. It. Let me finish the article. It's almost done. Uh, how does one go about the business of lovingly showing our atheist friends that they really are more than orcs? We can start by grasping their hand and placing it firmly on the trunk of the giant elephant, presently knocking the house into a senseless mess. Point to the borrowed capital displayed most vividly in the tension between what the atheist says he believes and what he's actually doing. For instance, the demand that we all love our neighbor rather than eat them isn't required of descendants of fish. Yet, atheists require this of their neighbors and promise to put other apish humanoids behind bars if they act in ways that maximize harm rather than minimize it. The militant atheists will crowd the Christian into a corner during a coffee shop conversation, waxing long about the immoral character of the God of the Bible. He's just a pompous, evil, bloodthirsty God who's not worthy of worship from any moral human being, they'll say. The mil- I, got, I have experience with that one. That's why I said it that way. <laughs> I got the gusto behind it. The militant atheist chatters along morally indignant in a way that would make a Puritan blush. Hey, look, how did that elephant get itself through the door of this cafe? One might also consider rejecting a notion that we should give our atheist friends a pass when they borrow concepts from Christianity in order to argue against Christianity. In the film Collision, Douglas Wilson accused the well-known and now sadly deceased atheist Christopher Hitchens of borrowing from the Christian worldview. He said that Hitchens was essentially hijacking the Christian car in an attempt to crash it into a ditch. That's another way to point out the elephant. Science is dependent upon the uniformity in nature. Laws of logic and arithmetic are universal, immaterial, invariant, and necessary. There are actions that human beings recognize that we ought not to do. These things do not arise out of atheistic assumptions. However, atheists work very hard at convincing other random results of evolutionary processes that they do. What's that smell? The foundation holding up this discussion is simple. We aren't going to convince men and women that they are more than star stuff bing banging on the surface of the cosmos if we are not willing to make them uncomfortable by pointing out the elephant. They live and move in the world, violating their most basic assertions about reality and assuming things that only image bearers can. We are all image bearers of God. He is imminent. 
and it is in him that we live and move and have our being. We are sinners against a God who is infinitely loving, infinitely merciful, infinitely good, infinitely holy, and infinitely just. We should be both soothed by this message as well as terrified. God is a consuming fire. Yet the maddening and incomprehensible part of history is that the God we've offended delivered his son over to death in the place of the rebels. God with us. God now also man to live the life of perfection and righteousness that the unrighteous have scorned. God now also man taking death in the place of the wretches. God now also man buried, resurrected, ascended and seated in victory, making all of his enemies a footstool for his feet calling everyone to turn from sin to him, to trust in him for forgiveness and salvation. That is a glorious story. It also happens to be true. If we ever want to convince the atheists that they are not orcs and that they really are men, don't coddle the elephant. It doesn't belong there. Check out the article, guys, at the American Vision, AmericanVision.org. Contra atheism, don't coddle the elephant. I'll be back with Joy the Girl, Luke the Bear, right here at Apologia Radio. Get us at ApologiaRadio.com. Apologia Radio will be right back. Radio.com. Like the Facebook page. Apologia Radio on Facebook. Like the page. Share some episodes with your friends, family, brosifs. This is 8-Meth Free Radio. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, we appreciate all of our listeners. We know we have listeners from all over the world. You guys get to us all the time. Can I can I just uh, say something too? A lot of times you will send me emails and, um, you, and Luke emails. Uh, you guys will give encouragement to Luke and Joy and I through email, through Facebook. Can I just say something to you? If you've ever done that, um, we see them. Uh, we're not always able to get back to you guys, but we want to genuinely thank you so much yeah. for all the just wonderfully beautiful things you say to us to bless us. We are just, we're thankful for you guys. I wanted to say that because yesterday I looked through like six emails that came in. I just, I could not get back to you guys. This ministry is so, so busy, uh, not able to get back and send letters to everybody. But I want to say thank you very, very much for all you guys do to encourage us. Um, so we're back talking about the article, Contra Atheism, Don't Coddle the Elephant. Um, can I, unless you have something you want to say before we jump in? Nothing, Joy? Go no, you good? It. You ready go to go? Ahead. Okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so so the article goes up, right? Now, some just stuff is said. Obviously, I don't write an article thinking no one's going to respond. I'm fine with right. the responses. I kind of yeah. like a response that's rational, coherent, thoughtful, sort of like engaging with the substance yeah. of the article. But um, here, here's, one of the, here's one of the comments. Uh, I think this guy's an atheist. Well, I'll say, we've, we've mentioned, too, how 
it's clear that people subscribe to American Vision just so they can like <laughs> trash them. Yeah, like they don't. I don't ever hardly see any like actual good and encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, re- replies. It's usually like, I wish AV would die already. <laughs> I want AV to die. <laughs> Which it's a website, so I don't know how that happens. So this guy named Matt, he says, this has to be one of the most ill-informed, uneducated, ignorant, and bigoted pieces of trash ever written. It is truly biblical in its stupidity. Attributing all manner of things to atheism, including evolution, which is a completely separate subject. The elephant in the room? Really, Jeff Durbin? You're a blank. The delusional and childish beliefs you hold have been the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Your, you, your kind have retarded the advancement of mankind for thousands of years with your overbearing dominionist agenda. <laughs> Atheists never burn people alive because they believe they were witches, which Christians are still doing. Atheists have never invaded foreign lands in the belief that some sky wizard gave them that right. Atheists never tortured and murdered people through inquisitions, all based upon absurd myths fabricated by superstitious goat herders. <laughs> I think this guy... Is morally indignant. Oh, <laughs> he's a scruffy nerve herder. Because of some sky wizard with scruffy nerve herders. Oh my goodness! Now you know it'd be great to read that like Mortimer. This has to be one of the most ill-informed, uneducated, ignorant, and bigoted piece of trash I've ever. It's totally biblical and stupidity. Okay, so here you go. Um. <laughs> if you ever took the time to read a nonfiction book and research your own religion with a, an analytical mindset, you'd realize how very foolish you are. Now, what's amazing is that that uh, comment is literally the first comment underneath the article. Yeah. <laughs> so when you read through the article, right, yeah. and you, you think through what's being said with the quotations and all the yeah. stuff you can link to to listen to Krauss and Dawkins and uh, Will Provine and Carl Sagan and all these guys – I'm just quoting from them. When you when you look through it and you get to the bottom and you see his first comment, you're like, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thank you. It's a providential moment. It's like, yes, <laughs> support the article. All yeah. all it's all right there. So it's just it's just phenomenal to think through these things. And uh, here's here's another comment that was made. Are, are you ready? This one. A uh, lot, lot of thought. Um, a lot of thought went in this one. Um, Jeffrey, uh, good name. He says, orcs, question mark, you're a moron. That, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You know what? <laughs> Does he just, is he an atheist or is he like, hate Lord of the Rings? <laughs> he's like, he's just a big Star Wars fan that hates Lord of the Rings. Maybe he's a Lord of the Rings fan and is offended. <laughs> yeah, that, that. I don't. Yeah, we don't really know. Okay, I, don't know. I, I haven't even talked to you really about the article yet, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't really had a long dialogue. Yeah, but wh- why do? You, okay, when when you think <laughs> through the fact that I'm saying they want to be orcs in the strictest sense, what, what do you think I'm getting at, Joy? Like when you think through the term orcs, you're a big Lord of the Fran- Lord of the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the fans. <laughs> um, you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. When I say orcs, when you because I haven't talked to you about it, so just you know, what do you think I'm saying? Do you think I really mean that they're orcs? No. Okay. But it's, I mean, orcs in the books are like sort of a. Well, they're obviously there's no like there's humans in the Lord of the Rings, yes. but they're a contrast. Of 
elves. That's why they were put in there. Mm-hmm. Which elves are like these like pristine, intelligent, mm-hmm. beautiful, immortal beings. And then the orcs are like these like demonish pig looking mm-hmm. gray, green. And, are you ready? Violent. Here's what I was getting at. The orcs are essentially soulless creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. They are mm. these brutish. They're just animals, basically. Mm. Yes. Forged out of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And they're soulless creatures. Brutish, soulish, soulless creatures. And so, obviously, I'm using a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, you don't understand that Lord of the Rings is not real. <laughs> and Wait, when what? I say, <laughs> Wait a minute. And when I say uh, orcs, I'm trying what? to do, sort of do this in a poetic sort of way, drawing on metaphor and things. And, and well, that's just, I mean, that's just anger. That's mm. just an anger response. Because yeah. if you're not, if you're not um, intellectually polite enough to understand that someone is using a writing method, like metaphors then you're just you're just opposed in general to the whole article before you even started reading you were opposed ready to pick apart every little thing if it was an atheist writing the article there would have been a mass understanding of the metaphor yeah. but you can't you it, can't do that here's another um uh thoughtful response and Luke's going to respond to this later but just to get it out there for you guys uh Spencer Hawkins which is uh, actually William Costigan Costigan that was on the show before changed his name. Uh, some people absolutely hate Jeff's level of stupidity and fundamentalism, but I think it's a good thing. This is what is pushing Christianity over their edge or back into the shadows or back in the shadows. Yeah, because Christianity came out of the shadow. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, this guy wizards. This, this presuppositional argument, Never if you want to even call it an argument, <laughs> has been thoroughly debunked. And while kids are growing up hearing it, they then go to college and get an education. Big letters, by the way. That's uh, caps lock. Oh. And learn how and learn how misguided and delusional someone like Jeff really is. Now this hurts my feelings. Can we talk? Can I? Because did you know I, I took Spencer or William or whatever his name Sadie, is? Sadie, whatever. I, I, I took him out to lunch. Well, I spent two and a half hours or so with with a guy over lunch. I bought. I went to Rulabula. I bought him. I bought him lunch. Mm-hmm. Did you get him fish and chips? Uh, he didn't get the fish and chips. He got some other form of 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 meat. Which, Maybe it's because he doesn't. Want to eat his he, own kind. He, he ordered the human. <laughs> I, why? This is this is it was funny. I read the article. Now he knows me, and so but but what he what he does is he you know just starts attacking. There's no argument here. Well, I do. I, I kind of want to talk about this argument a little bit. You Were you going to specifically well, gonna ha- talk about I this got argument? A whole segment ready for. I my know buddy. you have a thing ready for William, but go. were you going to talk about this? Go ahead. Specific go ahead. Ar- argument go that ahead. he made. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so I don't like this argument because, well, it's not well. It's not even a good argument, and I actually have a response for it. It has nothing to do with um, whether our argument's right or wrong or whatever. Please, um, one in Rome. Okay, so <laughs> the presuppositional argument, if you want to even call it an argument, air quotes, has been thoroughly debunked. And while kids are growing up hearing it, they go to college and get an education and learn how misguided and delusional someone like Jeff really is. Okay, so first of all, I want to say that growing up in church, I never heard the presuppositional argument, and nobody does. I just want to tell you right now, William, you don't hear that argument growing up in church. Unless you go to Apology Church. ApologyChurch.com. <laughs> nice. You just don't hear that argument. Reform churches, yes, which are the minority exactly. today, you yes. hear it there. Not yes. in the general mega church mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. Yes, but more commonly, if you grow up in a church, if you walk into a church, 
you will not hear that argument. So that's just not right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, up to 85% of youth today are realizing that church is pretty much a waste of time and probably not true. That's, uh, but it's actually the reason they're realizing that it's not true or a waste of time is not because it's not true. It's because, um, for a moment, let's let the Christian church take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And it's that we have outsourced our responsibilities as parents and equippers to other people. We've lacked discipline. We've decided that we're going to let somebody else uh, teach our children. So we send them to places where they're going to learn how to be, um, you know, an Athenian and they come back like that. Mm-hmm. So as they're, they're being, we're allowing them to be indoctrinated improperly. Two, two ways, two ways, right? Public school. And then, yes. and then, uh, children's church or youth group. Yeah. Separating the church. Any sort of youth ministry. Yeah. yeah. That, that well, separates separation the of the church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so the kids are, are, are being raised, not knowing what they believe, why they believe it. It's yeah. not that they go to college and their worldview is debunked. Yes. It's that they didn't have one to begin with. Exactly. Right. Or they already had the basis for an, an untrue worldview. Right. Because their school gave it to them or whoever their hero happened to be. So Go ahead. <laughs> this is going to be one of those things where I try to talk and you start no, playing this song again. It. This is too serious. I don't trust you. I don't trust I'm you at all. too serious. You have your finger on that. That's too serious. And now Jeremy's going to play it. <laughs> I want to have them answered immediately. <laughs> that was Jeremy. <laughs> all right. You, know, you said so. Okay. And continue. Yes, when in Rome. <laughs> I already forgot what I was going to say <laughs> okay. because it was so it was, focused we, on you. We were talking about our children not having a worldview and going into Oh, college. I was just saying, so basically that part of your argument isn't true either. But it is something, church, that we need to confront yeah. and figure out. Yeah. So yeah. shout yeah. out to all the churches out there. Get your stuff together. Amen. 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 And the amazing thing, too, is is we're, we're allowed to talk like that. We're allowed to say yeah. a correction needs to be made. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to do that because we know there's there's an absolute standard of truth and what is good and what is true, what is lovely. Um and, and so because of that, we're able to say, hey, we're a little off here. We need to get back to the scriptures. There's our standard. See, we can do that. In an, atheist world, in an atheistic world, you've got no complaint about anything whatsoever. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. And I'm going to answer just quickly as we go into the, the next segment. What he said here, just quickly, Matt was talking about uh, the, the, the un- unbelievable, the unbelievable historical revision that goes on with atheists is amazing and not explaining worldview, all, uh, the thing beliefs behind and the idea that like somehow religion is responsible for all these wars and everything else. But believe me, you don't want to go there because yeah. if you want to compare the, the amount of wars and deaths that have, that have occurred as a result of religious beliefs compared to atheism, uh, you win by miles atheism, people mm. murdered because of that worldview mm-hmm. by miles by miles and miles by a couple tens of million <laughs> yeah you win by it's a terrible argument that they of course teach you in uh, liberal and secular colleges you'll learn that but not and, and it's just an amazing thing so this whole concept of like inquisitions and sky wizards and killing this and killing that and burning people question two people um one guy uh christian one guy, atheist. One guy, professing Christian. One guy, professing atheist. Walk up to a person. Start talking to the guy. The professing Christian punches him in the mouth, kicks him between his legs, drops him. 
He gets back up. The atheist punches him in the mouth, kicks him in the groin. Remember, the atheist believes that he's stardust. Question, which one of the two is acting inconsistently with their worldview? The Christian. He has a worldview and a standard that he's violating when he behaves in a certain way. The atheist would not be in violation of anything, considering his presuppositions, when he does the same activity. Hmm. Think through it. ApologiaRadio.com How many books do you know of that address topics of education and welfare, local government, state government, taxation, money and banking, free markets, courts, war and the military, and the executive power? How many books do you know actually talk about these topics from a biblical perspective and set forth all of the issues, the ideas, the history, and the hurdles, and the blueprints for the way forward? Hi, I'm Joel McDermott with AmericanVision.org. In Restoring America One County at a Time, I cover all these topics and more, showing you how America was once free, how those freedoms were lost, and giving you an uncompromising biblical approach to get those freedoms back. I focus on practical steps, local solutions, personal sacrifices, and it has a multi-generational vision. So don't just sit around talking about Restoring America. Actually do something. And you can start by getting my book, Restoring America One County at a Time, at AmericanVision.org. This is Jeff Durbin, pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. I want to encourage you to come check out Apologia Church, where we have a commitment to expositional through the Bible teaching, and we are passionate about bringing the gospel to the world in a way that brings glory to God through the transformation of the world. We have a strong commitment to close and intimate community, ApologiaChurch.com. Apologia Church also wants to help you build a strong biblical family. We welcome and invite you to visit us on Sundays. If you are new to the area or are looking for a church family, please join us on Sunday nights at 5.30 p.m. We currently meet at Gethsemane Lutheran Church located at 1035 East Guadalupe in Tempe, Arizona, just east of rural in Guadalupe. Also, God is soon blessing us with our own building, and we have a real tangible need of $200,000 to help us move into our new location. We encourage all of our listeners to partner with us in this need. For more information, please go to ApologiaChurch.com. ApologiaChurch.com. Go to the American Vision, AmericanVision.org for the article, Contra, Ele- uh, uh, Contra Elephant, Contra Atheism, Don't Coddle the Elephant. Go to AmericanVision.com to the store, pick up some resources. Uh, they're giving Apologia Radio listeners 40% off. Pick up some resources. Wonderful opportunity to get some Christmas gifts as well for friends. Some great resources that are just it will bless your life, and you're going to get a great discount. Forty percent is just an amazing, amazing discount to give. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, Luke, that was compelling to me, in a sense, in a sense of awe as a Christian, to say, "Well, why wouldn't you want to deal with the substance?" Right? But sort of expected and anticipated was that the atheists that I, I didn't see anything. The atheists that responded mostly with insults and name calling and ignoring mm-hmm. what I was saying, mm-hmm. just, just straight up ignoring or misrepresenting what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
didn't seem to have taken the time to actually listen to the audio and video quotations right. I put in there. Right. And by the way, I, I, I purposely went to the video footage so as to not give excuses to people to say, hey, I don't have that book or article. I can't mm. pull that quote to see the context. What I wanted to do, Luke, is I wanted to send people to, say, YouTube videos they can pull up instantly. They're a minute or two or three in length, easy snapshots that people could say, let me hear, what, let me hear him say it. So hear the conversation happening. Yeah. Because, and it, clearly people weren't. Because here's the thing. In the article, I said things as we opened up. In the article, I said things like, um, our atheist friends want to agree with them when they tell us that our grand, the grand legend that our ancestors were once upon time fish. Okay? Now, if you don't know this, natural selection, the Darwinian model, is common descent. Now, I did put a link into Berkeley there, so you can see Berkeley's uh, diagram, chart, whatever, of common descent from fish and humans coming from fish. Okay? So go to Berkeley. If you have an argument with that, argue with Berkeley. You see my point? Christians know this. The article is built in such a way to show you that the atheist doesn't have an argument with you when you say these things and bring them to their attention. The atheist, the militant atheist, the naturalistic materialist, he has an argument with Will Provine, Richard Dawkins, Krauss, Carl Sagan, Berkeley. If he wants to argue against these things, argue with them. Don't argue with us. Right. That's the elephant in the room is that those, those assumptions you have aren't justified. I said things like they want, they <clears throat> want us to believe that the idea uh, the universe is not subject to any personal governance, that we're descendants of highly evolved societies of bacteria, that we're African apes, that we're star stuff. Okay, all these things. Now, they didn't listen to the, the stuff, so let's do it. Let's, let's do it on the air. Go to the article to get the links, guys. But what I want you to do is listen to, say, Krauss – on our godless universe being so very precious, but it's this unguided universe. I want you to hear Krauss discussing... The picture that science presents that. to us is, is in some sense, uh, uncomfortable. Because what we've learned is that we are more insignificant than we ever could have imagined. You could get rid of us and all the galaxies and everything we see in the universe, and it'll be largely the same. So we're insignificant on a scale that Copernicus never would have imagined. And in addition, it turns out the future is miserable. So the two lessons that I like to say I like to give is first, we're insignificant, and second, the future is miserable. Now, that sh you might think that should depress you, but I would argue that, in fact, it should embolden you and, and provide you a, a different kind of consolation. Because if the universe doesn't care about us, and if we're an accident in a remote corner of the universe, in some sense, it makes us more precious. The meaning in our <laughs> life. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> continue. Let's have a discussion about the if, if we're accidents. Now, it's amazing. A Christian will say in an atheist in, 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 in a discussion, "Well, you believe we're accidents. You have to. You don't believe in a god and personal governance in the universe. You believe we're accidents, cosmic accidents." And they want to derive more meaning than that, and we know why they do. They're image bearers of God. Mm -hmm. But you have Krauss just outright saying it. We're accidents in the universe and meaningless. And what does he want to do from there? Say, I'll live consistently with that. Yeah. Let's go the whole way. And what does he want to do? Now, all of a sudden, that image of God that he's trying to stuff down rises to the top like cream. Comes right up. It's unavoidable. And now he wants to try to start deriving some sort of poetic meaning to this accident that we are in this universe that doesn't care about us and that the future is dark and bleak and there's no meaning and purpose 
And it, an amazing thing is that I am giving the quotation from Krauss. It's not like I'm just saying it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I want to be consistent with the atheistic presuppositions. He said it. I want to try to live by it and at least hold them to consistency. And like Dr. White always says, a sign inconsistency is a sign of a failed argument. Mm. You want to try to derive poetic meaning and justice and all these different things from your atheistic worldview and assumptions, but ready? Krauss won't give it to you. He wants to have it. You want to have it because you're image bearers of God. I want to see the atheistic um, uh, philosopher, uh, believer, to now try to live consistently with these presuppositions. Yeah, I... (laughs) It's funny to hear him say, well, we're a cosmic accident. Future sucks. You know what? That makes us more precious. Yeah. Wait, what? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And that last point, um, we mean, <laughs> actually. All right, so continue. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just, I, I, I heard that, and I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You're talking about something not being logical. Where's the line of reason on that? Yeah. Everything's terrible. We're an accident, but that makes us more And the precious. universe doesn't care. Now, yeah. you try to derive poetic meaning and beauty now from that, position and here's the crazy thing listen uh van till used to always say and bonson was always famous for quoting him on this let the unbeliever talk mm-hmm. just let him keep talking mm-hmm. and eventually he'll hang himself and this is the, the this is the truth is that atheists as image bearers of god are fallen as we were before christ and they're suppressing the truth their thoughts are futile they're essentially folding into foolishness and so what happens is that they try to do the life of an image bearer of God, practically speaking, but they want you to believe that they are orcs, soulless creatures forged out of the earth, mm-hmm. right? Purposeless, meaningless universe that doesn't care, and you're an accident. But guess what? That should embolden you to live, to live, to love the beauty and truth. Inconceivable! <laughs> All right, next, uh, I, I did quote as well. Uh, I quoted from uh, Dawkins uh, when I talked about how we, they want us to believe that we, have, um, that we are all the descendants of highly evolved societies of bacteria. So let's listen to Dawkins. Okay, thank you very much indeed. just want to go to this lady over here. Thank Hi. you. Hi, brother. It's fairly easy to imagine how apes can develop into humans, but I don't find it as easy to imagine how bacteria can develop into apes. Could you describe some of the species in between? Yes. Um, the question says it's easy to imagine how apes could, uh, could, it could evolve into humans, but it's harder to imagine how bacteria could evolve into apes. Well, one very important difference is that the time it took for apes to change into humans is a matter of perhaps five million years, whereas the time it took for um, bacteria to evolve into apes was a matter of thousands of millions of years. So it is a huge difference. And what the human imagination is capable of visualizing um, gets more and more difficult the longer the time span is that you have to cope with. No, I'd say because that kind of fantasy 
and mythology mm-hmm. is hard to cope with, period, for any thinking, rational person. The woman has a, a great difficulty. First of all, she said, I think it's easy to see how he came from apes to humans, okay? <clears throat> First of all, no, ma'am. Um, <laughs> second of all, but, but the whole idea of coming from bacteria to apes, I just can't, I can't bridge that gap. But Dawkins wants to give her a, a bit of encouragement yeah. that it really is possible. It just took a very, 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 very long yeah. time. So when I quote from Dawkins to say that we are all descendants of highly evolved societies of bacteria, understand something. That is not my, me trying to be cute. Okay? It's not trying to be cute. I'm trying to be consistent mm-hmm. with what the atheist is telling me. Now, why chastise the Christian who quotes from the proponents of atheism, the priests, the kings, the scientists, the idols? I quote from the big hitters. And I say, well, they tell me this. Okay, got it. I'll, I'll live by it. The Proverbs tells me, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Then it says, answer a fool according to his folly. Sorry, sorry. Don't answer a fool according to his folly or you'll be like unto him. And then it says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Uh, So I I just completely blew it there. Sorry, my mind's tripping right now. Don't answer a fool (laughs) according to his folly, um, uh, lest I be like unto him. And then it says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So here is me. Sorry. Just... Thank you. That was all for memory. Is that Jeremy? You just gave me that, Jeremy. No, that was like, me. Okay, oh, okay. That was me. All right. So here's me. Here's Jeremy, me. Don't take credit for that. Doing my best to be faithful as a Christian and to say, okay, I'm going to answer the fool uh, according to his folly, um, but I'm also trying to be consistent with what the atheist tells me. He wants me to believe that my ancestors were societies of bacteria, and that I am the result of long, long, long periods of evolutionary processes from those societies of bacteria. He wants me to believe it. He wants me to bite down. I bit down. I gave it back to the atheist. I said, this is what you guys told me. This is what you said. You said that I'm this, that my son is this, Joy is this, Luke is this, Jeremy's this. We're all this. Great. That's what I'll take it. That's what I am. Can I call us that? And then when you call them that, they say, don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare misrepresent me nobody's misrepresented that's what you believe now again the atheist wants more than that he wants more than that and that's the elephant in the room don't coddle it don't coddle it as viciously and ferociously as they fight and bite back at you for pointing out to them what they fundamentally believe don't coddle the elephant expose it touch it show it to them and i warn you they are not going to like it They're going to do everything in their power to suppress it because that is what we do perpetually as image bearers of God that are fallen is we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And when you point it out, expect them to resist and be upset, but there will be no coherent, rational response in return. Only name-calling. ApologiaRadio.com Apologia Radio will be right back. Radio.com. 
episode with your friends. Hey guys, listen. Christians that are listening to this show, we are a church. We're Christians. We love Jesus. We want to let the world know about Jesus. And so that's how we do shows like this, is to equip believers. Did I say something funny there? No, I just, we're trying to figure out your uh, your violin kick today. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, Jeremy likes it. He's down with it, dude. I got all the, I got all like the popular songs to like violin dubstep kind of stuff. That's fantastic. I'm liking it though. I'm That's, into it. I know Jeremy's. By the way, since we're talking about songs, sorry, did you, uh, the last song from the last segment I dedicated to you, I don't think you were listening to it. I don't know if I was though. listening to it. What was the words? What? What? what, what? It says, this is who we are, best friends. <laughs> I didn't even realize. This is what we My BFF. Mercy. What a, what a manplement. Yeah. What a manplement. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's so. a manplement. <laughs> uh, we have all kinds of eight meth manplements. All kinds of things yeah. that come up on the show. Um, but to the atheists that are listening, the, the show is built right now to really have you thinking. What, can I ask you something? I can only trust that God would open your eyes and your heart to truth. That's all I can depend upon. I can't convince you, and that's, that's the honest truth. We cannot do it. It's going to be God opening your eyes if you ever see him, if you ever want him, if you ever trust him. It's going to be because of his grace. But let me just, I want to plead with you. Please think through what's being said. Think about the fact that I am trying to be consistent with what your worldview leads you to. Think about the fact that I'm quoting the, the, the superstars of the, of the atheistic movement. These are the big hitters today. I'm trying to get into your worldview. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. I'm trying to use your terminology, and I'm trying to hold you to consistency. Please just see that. As we, want to be, we want to have fun. We love you. And obviously we joke around a lot, and that's just because we, we, we have joy. We love God. We're forgiven, and we want to enjoy his world and each other. But the, the truth is right now, please listen is we're trying to hold you to consistency, and I'm just pleading with you just to listen to that, to think through it. And so what I'm going to do now is that I'm going to move us into more part, parts of the article here, and then we're going to finish this up and hand it over to, to Luke um, and, and to Joy. But I, I talked about uh, you know Dawkins calling us descendants of a highly evolved society of bacteria. I talked about that in a godless universe, there is no good and no evil, only blind and pitiless indifference. That, by the way, is from Dawkins. That's his quote. He said it, not me. Not me. He said it, not me. He said that in, um, I think it's River Out of Eden, um, and uh, he said, there is no good, there is no evil, there is only blind and pitiless indifference. And then he, they all, they, I said also that, that these bags of protoplasm, which is what we are, uh, are ferociously, ferociously dogmatic and demand that other African apes stop their foolish commitments to the transcendent creator. Now, does anybody deny that that's what Krauss and Dawkins and all these guys are saying? We don't want any more religion. Religion poisons everything, right? The God delusion, all of these things. They want to eradicate belief in God, okay? But what are we? African apes, okay? If you don't believe me, then you need to listen to Professor Dawkins explain our origins because that is what I'm aiming at. People often ask me, if we're descended from chimpanzees, how come there are still chimpanzees? Well, we're not descended from chimpanzees. We're both descended from a common ancestor who lived there about six million years ago. That common ancestor then produced two branches, one of which went to us humans, and one of which went to chimpanzees, branching further to produce bonobos and common chimpanzees. We are all cousins. We are not descended from chimpanzees. More distantly related are gorillas, they share a common ancestor with both us and chimpanzees. That's the common ancestor between gorillas and 
humans and chimps. So humans and chimps are a, a natural group which are related to gorillas, cousins of gorillas, and all of those animals, which are all African apes. The African apes are gorillas, humans, bonobos, and chimpanzees. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love my cousin bonobo. But that's... Understand that a Christian would want you to represent us accurately. Okay? So yes. if, if you began to use what I say, and you were to use it in context and say, you know, this is what Jeff believes, I would, I would say, thank you. for you, Thank you. Yeah, and, and let me further explain. I mm-hmm. wouldn't all of a sudden try to deny everything I gave you as foundational. Now, when you have a discussion with an image bearer of God who's at war with his creator, and you begin to point out their bootleg idea of origins and life and beauty and truth and goodness, you begin to point it out to them and they resist you and, and they get upset with you for, for, for using it, you begin to see the collapse of the worldview. The atheist does not want to live consistently with his worldview. I said that, um, uh, I, I said, we live, we die, and we're gone. We're absolutely gone when we die. I didn't get that on my own. I got that from Provine. No gods, no life after death. No ultimate foundation for ethics, no ultimate meaning in life, and no human free will are all deeply connected to an an evolutionary perspective. You're here today and you're gone tomorrow, and that's all there is to it. Dr. Will Provine, professor of the history of biology at Cornell University, gave us another disturbing glimpse into where Darwinism can lead. Oh, I was a Christian, but I never heard anything about evolution because it was illegal to teach it in Tennessee. Dr. Provine's first biology professor changed all that. He started talking about evolution as if it had no design in it whatsoever. And I came up to him and I said, you've left out the most important part. And he said, if you feel the same way at the end of one quarter, I want you to stand up in front of the students in this class and tell them this deep whack in evolution. And I read that book so carefully, I could find no sign of there being any design whatsoever in evolution. And I immediately began to doubt the existence of the deity. But it starts by giving up an active deity, then it gives up the hope that there's any life after death. When you give those two up, the rest of it follows fairly easily. You give up the hope that there's an imminent morality. And finally, there's no human free will. If you believe in evolution, you can't hope for there being any free will. There's no hope whatsoever of there being any deep meaning in human life. We live, we die, and we're gone. We're absolutely gone when we die. That was a very providential clip. Thank you for sharing. All right, let's just start by saying it's hard to hold back the tears that come when you think about the person, the, the, the depravity and the lostness that exists in that line of thinking. Let's just move away from the apologetic moment for a second and say that is disturbingly sad and destructive and a perversion of everything God intended for you to be first starts by denying the deity and that there's any real meaning in life and purpose. He says, and that leads to no eminent morality. 
There is no morality, no imminent, no active, no real right. morality, nothing, nothing. And what does he say? He's being honest, which he doesn't have to be if he believes that. Yeah, exactly. But he's being honest. He says, we live, we die, and we're gone. We're absolutely gone when we die. There is no morality. There is no good, evil. There are no oughts. There is, no, uh, there, there is nothing you must hold to. That's it. And when a Christian points it out and the atheist begins to resist the truth of what he's given to you and said to you, you have just put their hand on the elephant with their unjustified assumptions that wants more than what Dr. Will Provine tells us atheism, evolutionary worldview gives you. Black bears weigh between two and 500 pounds. Brown bears weigh between 300 and over 1,000 pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground, cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Pastor Luke Pearson in the Bears Roar. What's up, peeps? This is your favorite bearded bear <laughs> wearing my bear shirt today. One of my bear shirts. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. Not the Chicago Bears, but just a bear with a hat and glasses. Uh, bears. Bears. Um, yeah. So anyways, we talked about uh, bears. <laughs> our buddy William, who we've had on, on the show and whom we thought had gone away. And I don't say that mean, but I thought he, he kind of popped back up like whack-a-mole. Um, so I just want to, Jeff gave me the thumbs up on that. That's, that's his favorite. Uh, (laughs) this is six. I'm just kind of, I just want to set up a little bit and then we can kind of talk in more. Six minutes. Yeah. So, okay. So I just want to give a little background to the history with William. Now we had him on whatever his name is. William Spencer, Sadie Hawkins, dance in your khaki pants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love William. I do. Spencer, William, whatever, whatever you want to be called. Um, you know, we've had him on and we've, we got to the point where we're like, all right, this is, we don't have enough time, honestly, enough time to respond to every one of his he, cause he, he, Facebook he dissertations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause every time he would say something on Facebook, it was literally like 16 and a half paragraphs per point. Mm. And I just don't have time. I'm not holed up in my mom's basement and, you know, I have a job, not that he may not, but, or may or may not, but. Regardless, I don't have the time. Jeff doesn't have the time. Excuse me, I hit my mic. So, um, so we got to the point where I just I had to say to him, William, "Hey, I love you, man. Seriously, I'm praying for you. Called him to repentance. Like, I just don't have time." So then he he pops back up this week with uh, Jeff's clip. So he, you know, I, I all I did was share the or not clip the the link. All I did was share the link. So he comes on and says about Jeff: the harder he tries, the dumber he looks. That's not very kind. The reality is that kids growing up around Christianity today hear frantic ramblings from someone like Jeff, and then they go to college. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Yeah. They learn uh, about the real world, not some fantasy man-made distortion based on ignorance, credulity, I said that word so bad, I'm sorry, and fear. 85% of the youth, now this is where I want to know where he gets this number from, 
85% of the youth, in fact, agree with me, not Jeff. Hmm. He's talking about the quotation that I make Yeah, yeah, about the Christian kids. It has nothing to do, by the way, with the Christian worldview. It has everything to do with, uh, with people who are not legitimately regenerate. Exactly. Yeah. So then he goes on to say, by the way, the silly presuppositional argument has been thoroughly debunked, which it has not. And telling someone who doesn't believe in God that they really do and that they are just suppressing it is not only false, but is it is insulting, just saying. Which is okay. Yeah. So first I'd like to point out that he is clearly morally indignant. indignant. He's upset, mm-hmm. which means that he's proving the point of the article. Mm-hmm. And is, we'll, Go ahead. Do we know if that's his personal experience? He grew up in church and... I have he no went idea. to college and became educated. I'm pretty sure that he, I think family members are atheists. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was just wondering because sometimes that. I'm not. I can't remember what from... I can't remember what we, when I when I took him out to lunch. Um, I can't remember exactly what he told me of his family history. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually he's actually a pretty good uh, skateboarding yeah. uh, guy and owned his own shop and everything else. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. So I'm sure William's listening. So William, I'm I wa- I wanted to just respond to this to to your comments on the show because like i said i don't have time to to write back to you and i think it it needs to be publicly said well let's be honest he's been thoroughly refuted yeah on the air anybody wants to do that you can go back to the episodes they're all available for you to 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 listen to get the first episode where he called in um you can get the episodes we responded to him afterwards i mean william um spencer whatever you want to be called uh, you've been refuted uh, thoroughly, and there's no more need to continue to talk to you. You were bounced off of, of the web page because you would con- you would troll. Um, you trolled on Apologia's page. You trolled on my page. You did not want to t- to do anything of substance speaking. You would ignore what was being said to you as if it wasn't said to you, and go on to different arguments. And that's just not the right way to argue. And so uh, that's that's why you were bounced off of uh, Apologia Radio's page, mm-hmm. my page. Um, uh, for trolling and um, and you know th- this commentary here underneath the article is not of anything of substance. It's just name calling. Well, yeah, I would love to when he says the presuppositional argument has been debunked. Yeah. I would love to hear that. Yeah. That's not that's not something I've heard the actual like the evidence for. But yeah. I'd love to hear that way I can equip myself to know what all y'all are saying out there. Yeah, and when- and so that I can have a response to it. But I I haven't gotten. Yeah, one, there's nothing to respond to because they're not giving us any. Yeah, yeah, and one thing that, that occurred numerous times during our, our, our meeting with with Spencer or William when I took him out to, to lunch um, was I just kept saying to him, you know, you notice that I'm I'm giving you an answer to what you're saying and you're trying to move on to a different subject and change the subject. You still not have you still have not responded to this substantial thing, um, like why do apes care? Right back. Get us, join us if you're in the area on Sunday, 5.30 p.m. east of rural and Guadalupe in Tempe, Arizona, meeting at Gethsemane Lutheran Church. That's where we meet, and we'd love to have you join us. 
Go to ApologiaChurch.com to get more details on Apologia Church. Um, go to the Facebook page, like it. Don't forget to go to the American Vision at AmericanVision.com. Type in Apologia for your discount code. You get 40% off, which is unbelievable. Awesome. Now, let's continue on. The, as, the, as the article continued on, the article is called Contra Atheism, which means against atheism. Don't coddle the elephant. The elephant in the room that we know about and they know about, but no one's acknowledging, are the unjustified assumptions that do not comport with atheism, that the a- atheist is assuming in the argumentation, drawing from science, drawing from laws of logic, talking about reason and rationality, talking about uh, moral aughts and responsibilities. Those do not comport with atheism. If you disagree... If you think you can get some meaning out of it, then I just would direct you not to me. I'm going to direct you to Dr. Will Provine at Cornell. I want you to respond to his comments. I want you to show me, with your atheism, how you're going to argue with Dr. Provine, who's being honest about what, where atheism brings you. So again, Christians, bring this to the unbeliever. Make them touch the elephant in the room. Make them acknowledge it. And then, when they want to debate about it, what you want to do is you want to point them in the direction of the atheists, philosophers, and scientists who give them these things and say, what's your response to Krauss? What's your response to Sagan? What's your response to Dawkins? Because you see, I, I, I said another thing. Uh, I said quite, quite a number of things in here, but I, I talked about also that, um, you know, we're star stuff bing, bing banging on the surface of the cosmos. Now understand something. I am not making that up to be creative. I have taken what the atheists have given me, and I want to hold them to consistency. So when I talk about us being star stuff, that's from the legendary Carl Sagan. Matter is much older than life. Billions of years before the sun and earth even formed, atoms were being synthesized in the insides of hot stars and then returned to space when the stars blew themselves up. Newly formed planets were made of this stellar debris. The earth and every living thing are made of star stuff. So there you go. That's Carl, Dr. Carl Sagan. We're star stuff. Every living thing is made of star stuff in this universe that uh, stars exploded. And, and you'll hear me calling atheists stardust. And that's again from Krauss, Lawrence Krauss. But the amazing thing is that every atom in your body came from a star that exploded. And the atoms in your left hand probably came from a different star than your right hand. It really is the most poetic thing I know about physics. You are all stardust. You couldn't be here if stars hadn't exploded because the elements, the carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, iron, all the things that matter for evolution weren't created at the beginning of time. They're created in the nuclear furnaces of stars and the only way they can get into your body is if the stars were kind enough to explode. So forget Jesus. The stars died so that you could be here today. Okay? And, and anyway. Okay. So in the article, I reference that we're star stuff bing banging on the surface of the cosmos. Now, here's the thing. Am I being disingenuine? Am I being, um, am I not representing atheism accurately? You know, there's no God, there's no guidance, no governance in the universe. We all uh, come from stars that were kind enough to die so that we could be born. We're all just stardust, star stuff in this purposeless cosmos that does not, a universe that doesn't care. We're all accidents in the corner of the universe. We could all die and the universe would go humming along as usual. That's what they're telling us. But they won't live that way. Mm. You see, you can say that there is no meaning and purpose in the universe and in us. You can say there's no imminent morality. 
you can say that there is no ultimate foundation for ethics, no objective morality. You can say that we're in a universe that is unguided, it is this accident, and it did not have us in mind. But guess what? You won't live that way. And that's what I was pointing out. You will not live that way. Image bearers of God cannot cease being image bearers of God because they want to pretend to be fish by diving to the bottom of the lake. Mm -hmm. You're going to come up eventually for air. And that coming up is going to happen in your life when you try to act as though there are such things as poetic things. Isn't it amazing to, for the atheist to draw on yeah. the heartstrings of the, of the other uh, right. people in there that are image bearers by saying things? It's the most poetic thing I know. And let me just say something else. Can I just suggest something? Uh, my story's better. Not only is it true, it's just better, Dr. Krauss. It's better. <laughs> Your story, to use the vernacular of our day, sucks. It does. I'm going to speak to our generation listening to guys like Krauss. It's a terrible story. You're going to tell me that the idea of some star that's not personal, not loving, has no volition or will, dying in a cold and dark universe, and that matter being spread out throughout the universe and all those different things happening to evolve through highly evolved societies, bacteria, to apes, to you. You're going to tell me that we should thank the stars for dying so we could be born and that that's a beautiful part. We should forget Jesus. Yes, let's forget the story of a beautiful, transcendent God of love who is eternal, who is personal, who is eminent, who is just and holy and good, who never changes. Let's forget the story of that God that we've offended actually coming to chase down the rebels who hate him out of love for the rebel to come and to take upon himself the just penalty that is due to them because of love compelling him to do it. And justice being satisfied so that he could draw these sinners into himself to be an intimate, delighting relationship with him and with one another for all eternity without brokenness, without tear, without shame, without sin, without hatred. You're going to tell me that the story of the star dying so that I could be born is better and that I should forget Jesus, who is God who is love that chases sinners to save them? You're going to tell me to forget Jesus? I say to you, Dr. Krauss, no thank you. You keep your accidental, purposeless, meaningless existence to yourself. And I will do everything in my power to tell the world what you truly believe and how inconsistent, how entirely and utterly inconsistent you are. All right. Now I'll hand it off to you guys. Um, Ultimately, if you want it in sure. today's language. Ain't nobody getting time for that. Ain't nobody getting time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody getting time. Ain't nobody getting time for that. Ain't nobody getting time for that. It's my song for Dr. Krause. <laughs> well, I had I had some more from William that goes right along with what you're just saying. And um, you know, so I, I came I responded back to him, you know, and I just I'm not going to read everything, but I'll kind of just pick through a little bit. You know, I just said, you know, there you go, feeling morally indignant once again. You know, I've asked him to account for morality, which he has refused to do. You know, so I said, I just called him to repentance once again. I said, until you can account for morality, you know, let's, I, I you know, I'm praying for you, basically. Don't chastise us for falling short. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> so then, so then he comes back and says, that he says, uh, I have almost zero interest in trying to convince you of how wrong this presupposition is non-argument is or how one can function in the world with the secular moral system. 
Quite frankly, I doubt you are even uh, open to listening. Just keep doing what you're doing, driving Christianity off a cliff. Which part of our frustration with him is because he won't listen to anything we say. And that's why I've stopped trying to respond to him. He won't respond to substance, yeah. Anyways, so so then I said, uh, uh, so that being said, I find it quite peculiar that you have almost zero interest in trying to convince me, considering that you went well out of your way to show your moral indignance towards Jeff when you commented on my thread. I said, you see, William, your outrage is perfectly displaying exactly what Jeff was talking about in the article. Not only are you okay with the elephant... In the room, you gloriously rode him right onto my Facebook page. Nice. Um, I want to ride an elephant. <laughs> so I did when I was a kid in San Diego Zoo. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Anna Camel. I've done that too. Um, okay, so here. <laughs> it's fun. I've ridden this. Yeah. I've ridden this animal. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I read a giraffe. <laughs> I, read, I read a dolphin. Now, I asked him seven questions, <laughs> and I asked him to answer them honestly and to not and try to keep them like, to a paragraph each answer. Um, and, the, and I just want to say the reason I asked him these questions is to – to point out why. Why is he so upset? What's his purpose? Why is he coming after Jeff? Why is he posting videos about us? Like, what? why does it matter? You know, so I. So basically, my questions were, why are you so outraged? Why do you continually go out of your way? Why are you insulted? Why does it matter? Uh, why does it matter if I'm driving Christianity off, Christianity off a cliff? If Is that what you want? If so, why? So that's what I asked him. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. Uh, so you want to know what, what his response was? What's his response? And I have no justification for morality. What? And I right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But he's indignant and he's upset and everything else. Whoa! Yeah. I don't even know how that just happened. <laughs> it's getting good. I, that was that was providential because I didn't even hit the button. Okay. So then he says, "This is coming from a guy who takes the Bible literally." Blah blah blah. So then he goes on to talk about you know God being torturous and suppression of women and all this stuff so then he says morality is a discourse we have about our behavior um you know it just keeps on going stuff like that so anyways he gets to my questions he that he didn't answer the question he did not answer the why he explained in, in each question you know his argument against but he never gave me the why but it's just his personal pontification exactly is all it is it's just his own uh, his own corner of, of as an accident in the universe, as stardust, star stuff mm-hmm. in the cosmos that says, no, I can't, I don't have any ultimate justification for morality. By the way, when I had lunch with him, that's exactly what he said as well. I kept pushing him on it, and he kept saying, well, I, I don't. I've already told you, I don't. And he doesn't. He admits that. But yet, watch him complain. Yep. And when you talk about atheists, talking about, you, you know, you, it's, it's a stupid argument, and people are going to, you know, go to school and get educated. Listen, if I am an accident in the universe, in a universe that doesn't care, and I've evolved from highly evolved societies of bacteria to apes to me, and I'm just star stuff. How come atheists seem so dogmatic about the necessity to hold to laws of logic, to have coherent thought, and to say this is not true, that was illogical, that's just stupid? He'll say, you know, Jeff's just, what did he say, I was stupid? I don't know, something like that. Something. I got called a moron. Ignorant. Moron and stupid, dumb. and so I'm stupid star stuff. That doesn't yeah. hurt. Thank you. Let me borrow your assumptions for a second. I'm star stuff, an accident in the universe. Call me stupid. Yeah. Call me dumb. Call me moron. And guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll live. See, if I were an atheist, I know my own heart. If I were an atheist, I would try my best to live consistently with it. Hmm. I would do my best. No, you can't in God's universe. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, I have not met an atheist yet 
who will try to live consistently in their whole life with atheism. I haven't. There are moments they try. They'll write books on existentialism. They'll write books on uh, the, the lostness of humanity and that we're all just ants on an anthill. You might as well kerosene the whole thing, but they won't live that way. They still go to the funerals of friends who die. Yeah. And you know what? I, here's my answer. Here's my answer as star stuff to someone that says to me, you're illogical, you're irrational, your thoughts are stupid, you're dumb, you're a moron. Here is my response as star stuff. Thank you, Dr. Sagan. Appreciate it very much. Here's my response as star stuff. Impressive. Yep. Impressive. Now, question, am I obligated to more than that? And if you listen to this right now as an atheist and you say that's just foolish, that is absurd, that is irresponsible, that doesn't make sense, I want you to take your hand and place it gently upon the elephant. And Christians need to stop coddling the elephant point it out to them and call them to repentance and faith in the God who saves. Joy? Elephants are cool. <laughs> and I rode one once. <laughs> if I can steal from my cousin Smokey, only you can prevent brain fires. <laughs> ApologiaRadio.com Like us, share the stuff. We love you guys. God bless. God bless.